This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and you're listening to the Sportacast. I thought you were going to say like the vaccinated sportacast or something. You know, you're usually changing up. But uh, if, I, if I don't Scott. sound right, do, do I sound right? Do I sound off? I, I, I feel like I sound a little off. I know I you definitely look fine and sound fine. All right. Well, yes. You look like a man who's going to be uh, free and clear from this thing in 14 days. Well, yes, let, let's hope so. But I will tell you, uh, I would say about 12 hours after the second Moderna shot, um, I decided I need to go to bed at like 9 p.m. And my, my teeth started chattering and I went to bed in a sweatshirt, sweatpants, socks. <laughs> and it, it's a rough night. It was like woke up sweaty, hot. But then, oh, my God, then I had to take off the sweatshirt. I didn't even know what time it is. I have no idea. Chugging Pedialyte. So just a lingering headache above the eyes as we record this. And as this dissipates, Scott, you will join the roughly 70% of Major League Baseball players who are also vaccinated, a factoid that I picked up this week during the Sportico Live MLB Valuations event that we did. Some pretty heavy hitters, Scott, Commissioner Rob Manfred, Union Head Tony Clark, owners of some of the biggest teams in the sport, including the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, Scott Boris, A-Rod, Talk us through what you learned, maybe with some of your takeaways from, from, from a pretty good event this week. By the way, I will give you kudos to the, to the transition. I set you up, but it wasn't the obvious setup. And then you went from the vaccinated to the 70, 70% of baseball. And by the way, I also saw after our event that uh, Adam Silver also said 70% of NBA players. So pretty soon they're getting to that herd immunity among the players and they can loosen the restrictions because it is not easy. I mean, you, you hear a lot about the mental health of these guys like stuck in hotel rooms and uh, they can't really do much. It, it's tough. But I, I made a little list here, Evan, just so like I wanted to have it one by one. Rob Manfred, what I learned top line, he played down any possibility of a lockout. Like R- Rob was not banging war drums here. He, he was like, listen, that. I've done this <laughs> a lot. Yeah. 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 Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Um, but there's cert- it certainly seems as if the players and the owners are headed on a collision course for, for something nasty. But Rob did not beat war drums. He was he was saying uh, that he, he'd rather not get get any any problems. He'd rather just get this done. He's got a good history of this, and he of course was baseball's labor lawyer before becoming commissioner. So that's from him. From Randy Levine, uh, president of the Yankees, he talks a lot about the partnerships that the Yankee brand allows and, and invites. You know, he's got Amazon, he's got Sinclair, 
And in essence, he was like, yeah, we're open for business. You know, if it's a good plan and if it's a good partnership, we're in. And you know, this must be like Shark Tank 24-7 for Randy Levine. Everybody wants to be in business with the Yankees. So he must hear a million things. But I, I can only imagine the number of things. Like they did a TikTok sponsorship. I love that for the Yankees. All right, Sam Kennedy uh, from the Red Sox. I love that he backed our notion of mom and pop hardware, a division of global dynamics, Dominance Inc. Because he didn't even say we're a baseball team. It, it was like Fenway Sports Group. He just kept saying we're a platform company. We're a platform company that just happens to have baseball at its core. I loved it. And he, he was talking about tech and real estate and media. And now they're looking for global. They're going to go try and buy other teams around the world. Could be here also. Loved it. Scott Boris. Sam sounds love, like he's taking his classes. Idea. Sam sounds like he's taking classes from the Ted Leonsis uh, Sport Management School with uh, Absolutely. talk about a platform company and multiple things and the hub and spoke model, all of that. Yeah, they're modeling themselves as SaaS companies, not sports companies, right? You know, exactly. Software service companies. Scott, Scott Boris was talking about a World Series week. He's been talking about that for a while. I actually love the idea. I understand the home fans won't get to see their team play, but you know it's a small number of people in an area anyway. The fact that, like the Super Bowl, you can plan a year in advance. You know where you'll be. It'll be a festival for the entire time. Sponsors would love the activation. I love the idea. Uh, you saw uh, they were forced into it uh, with the World Series last year in Texas. And so you sort of had a taste for what it would be like. But he still thinks that's a great idea. Of course, he was advocating for the players. And Stan Kasten, he, like us, had some tech problems. Um, but going into it, I love the fact that one of the most read stories on Sportico combined two things that you, who's even thinking about? You, you were talking about concessions and hot dogs and trademark law. Uh, I mean, long story short, the, the Dodgers are changing the provider of or have changed the provider of the Dodger dog, but they hold the trademark to it. So it really doesn't matter who the provider it is. As long as at the end of the day, when I go to the ballpark, if it's wrapped in that silver foil and it says Dodger dog, you know, I win because that's the brand I want. Now I'm out of breath, Evan, you go. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a rundown. Who needs to attend these events when, when Scott's going to break it down for you on the podcast the next day? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, don't, don't say that. Everybody <laughs> needs to attend the events. Come on. No, don't, don't say that. Yeah, I, did, I mean, there was way more. There was way more involved there. But, you know, how about A-Rod talking about, like, what, what, what was it, like, Pepsi or Coke popping up with with VR glasses in between innings. And, you know, he's really pushing the entertainment aspect of baseball. He, he wants to jazz everything up. Yeah, to, to the point you mentioned about Scott Boris and, and World Series week, that, that was a point that A-Rod hammered as well. He used his two daughters, I think they're 16 and 13 as an example, said they wouldn't be caught dead watching baseball. That's a direct quote. Um, but they watched the the, the the Super Bowl because of the entertainment aspects of it. And he would like to see, it sounds like, baseball build in more of that, whether it's World Series Week, something around the, the Hall of Fame, stuff like that. More events that, that really push the entertainment side. You can argue, I think, fairly easily that the Home Run Derby is trying to do this. As a reminder for folks, this event was built kind of off the back of the valuations that Sportico put out a few weeks ago regarding MLB teams, the Yankees, $6.75 billion, the most valuable sports franchise in the country. Scott, there's three other MLB teams in the top 10 across all of U.S. sports. That's the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and the Cubs. A question for you, because I've been asked it a bunch as well. 
there's so there's a narrative out there about baseball that it is an aging demographic. The game is too slow. Uh, it's not built right for media. The, there's there's not a lot of memorable, marketable stars right now. Uh, there's that side of things. But then you look at the numbers that Sportico put out and the business is booming. Uh, there's multiple five teams worth over three and a half billion dollars, four teams in the top 10 across NBA, NFL, NHL, and uh, and MLB. How do you kind of square the narrative about baseball and its future with the fact that valuations, just like they are in other sports, are soaring so much? Because I believe everybody is still stuck on the notion of linear TV and who watches and that's sort of your age demo of sport. Um, How about you attend these events because you get great anecdotes like Rob Manford telling us he was in a car somewhere with Adam Silver. They were going somewhere and and Adam Silver, of course, his NBA counterpart, said something to the effect of, you have to stop talking about pace of play because for sports betting, baseball has the perfect pace of play, particularly mm-hmm. in-game wagering, which, as you know, if we look over in Europe, is like 70 to 80% of the wagers plays are all in-game. So could you imagine if you go to a baseball game and you get to bet, and you know me, I'm, I'm a lightweight, you know, I say a diamond, nickel on every, you know, strike every pitch. You could do strike, ball, hit double play, whatever. It's perfect. You and I have said, I think baseball and golf are tailor-made for betting and will benefit the most. So Rob understands that the new platforms, whether it, and it's always fun to see someone like, you know, Rob talk about TikTok because, you know, he doesn't have a TikTok account. You know, he's not doing the dances, but he understands that that's where some fans are and there are different ways to present the game. I told him Like I tell everybody who listens to this show, I have my focus group of one and my 11-year-old will not sit on the couch and watch three hours. And I think Rob appreciated the fact that it didn't just say baseball. It could be football, hockey. It doesn't matter. He's not sitting there watching the game. And you heard it from A-Rod too. Like you said, 13 and 16 wouldn't be caught dead watching the game. It's just not how they consume these kids. So how can you deliver the sport in a way that young folks find appetizing. That could be a TikTok video. It could be a 30-second highlight. It could be uh, stats uh, on a second screen like Xbox. Uh, My son does it. He's playing something right now. I didn't even know this existed, by the way. But it's a minor league baseball game where you pick a player, like you create a player, and then you try and work your way up from like single A to the bigs. It's really cool. So he comes in and he's asking me, are these stats good? Is this going to get me to double A? <laughs> so he's, he has a touch point of baseball. It's just not sitting there and watching the game. He knows all the football players because of Madden. He doesn't watch them, but he knows them all. Oh, he's telling me Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in football. I'm like, how do you even know who Tyreek Hill is? He's on my Madden team. Oh, okay, that's fine. But you just have to figure out to, how to get your sport to the places that the kids are. That's what every commissioner is wrestling with. So before we close the book on, on Major League Baseball stuff, I want to go back to the, the first thing you, you mentioned, Rob Manford and Tony Clark, both of them kind of downplayed uh, the, the, the labor fight that, that seems to be brewing at the end of the season between Major League Baseball and its union. I believe they met for the first time. The first talks happened last week. Both of them said, uh, you and I seem to have been aligned in the past that, that this is shaping up to be a potentially very ugly labor fight. The last labor stoppage that Major League Baseball had in 1994 was extremely damaging to the sport. I think anyone on, on both sides uh, would agree with that. Wiped out we, the World Series. 
are we buying Rob Manfred and Tony talking about not a big deal? We're not too worried about it right now. Or do you think that that things are really down at DEFCON 1, given how far apart these two groups are? I th- I'm not sure. And, and the wrinkle, I'm not trying to wiggle out of it. The wrinkle is COVID and how much money these teams have lost, uh, how deep uh, the problems are. You know, and we talked about this ad nauseum uh, with some of the folks on the call, the need for money in the system for liquidity. And you've got the Arctoses of the world out there and Dial and Galatioto and soon others that are looking to pump money into the system and taking LP stakes. Um, so you just have to see how badly these owners are hurting. Cause that'll depend how hard they push, <laughs> you know, the players get paid and that's why they wanted more games. And I mean, they had a fight over that as well, as we've said with all the labor stuff that we've ever done, Evan, especially football. I said, there's so much money in the system that they'd have to be ludicrous to shoot themselves in the foot. And of course they wound up getting it done. There is still a trove of money in baseball. You just have to think that both players and owners understand that it does not behoove either one to shut this sport down right now. Let's move on. Depending on when folks listen to this, Trevor Lawrence will either be about to be drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars or will be the new uh, draft pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. The NFL draft takes place Thursday, Friday and over the weekend uh, this week. Scott, Trevor is the been talked about for three years, the can't-miss prospect. He's going to go number one overall into one of the league's smallest media markets. Kind of an evergreen debate here. Do we think that being in Jacksonville, one, potentially hurts his earning potential when it comes to sponsors, endorsers, et cetera? And two, does it affect the NFL if Trevor Lawrence ends up being the, the pro that a lot of people think he is, that he isn't in New York and is not in LA, but is rather in a, a relatively small market down in Florida. First of all, two things listeners need to know about Eben Novi Williams if they do not. One, he was a member of the winless Princeton lightweight football <laughs> team, so he know what he speaks of when it comes to football, okay? This is, this is like listening to Mel Kuyper. You, you know what you're talking about. You may not have won a game, but you were out there. Two, you are a self-proclaimed fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You, you, don't, you don't say Jaguars, right? You Jaguars? No, Jaguars, yeah. I hate Jaguars. I don't know. Why does anybody say Jaguars? Where did that <laughs> yes. come from? I hate it. Anyway, when, you are when you watch their games in When you watch their games in England, uh, the announcer, and they play in England a lot, as most people know, it's Jaguars there. That, so that's okay, because that's the in, car. Uh, yeah, England you get a 12-cylinder well. yeah. X12 Jaguar. That's fine. I have no problem with that. So, but are are you asking me as to whether the city of Jacksonville will no longer be awash in Mark Brunel jerseys? Is that what you're asking? Is that what you're <laughs> do trying I need to, to get say? rid of my Brunel jersey and get yeah, my Trevor do you need Lawrence to get rid jersey. of your Brunel? Uh, what we have seen, and this goes for all sports, it doesn't matter where you play. If the Jacksonville Jaguars are a good team, they will get plenty of national TV appearances. Yes, I'll make the uh, the comparison to a certain basketball player who played in Cleveland, yeah, became a yeah. global icon. It doesn't matter. LeBron James would not be bigger or making any more money if he played for the Knickerbockers, all right? Or the Lakers, where he is now. It doesn't matter. These teams get plenty of promotion. He has plenty of airtime. No, it doesn't matter. 
And our own Corey Leff, aka John Wall Street, you know, wrote an article saying that Zach Wilson could, and probably going number two to the Jets, um, could wind up making more money than Trevor Lawrence because he's in New York. And I will say the the one thing I did find very interesting is, is that Lee Steinberg, who, as we know, is like you know the, the king of quarterback agent. I think he had Steve Young, Troy Aikman. He said Patrick Mahomes now. Patrick Mahomes, yeah, that the Jets' corporate sponsors alone will propel him. They will utilize Trevor Lawrence um, just as, or not Trevor Lawrence, Zach, um, because you know obviously they already have an affiliation with the team. So uh, I found that interesting, but I do not believe that the market size or the city will determine how much money these these folks make off the field. I tend to agree. You mentioned LeBron James. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is another great example. He's in one of the smallest NBA markets, and I don't think anybody out there would say that he's not a bona fide star in the NBA. Uh, before we move on from the NFL draft, Scott, did you see what the LA Rams are doing with their draft house? I thought this was a very clever, smart group. It's in Malibu. Is going out to Malibu? Unlike last year when folks will remember that the NFL draft was taking place in coaches and GMs' houses, et cetera, teams are allowed back in their facilities this year. I believe every single team is back in their facility except for the Rams, who rented a 9,000-square-foot house in Malibu right on the beach. It's gorgeous, obviously. Uh, they sold a sponsorship to it in Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Sean McVay and Les Snead, their, their, their coach and GM, are going to be making picks out there. They've done some really interesting content videos. They're going to do a sweepstakes for a fans to stay in the stay in the house after the draft. I thought this was a very clever way of generating a little buzz around the draft that is you know that other teams are not doing. Well, let's give a shout out to our friends with the Rams, Joanna Hunter, Kevin Demoff. They are clever people. They are smart people. We enjoy working with them. I'm not surprised that they came up with a good idea and found a way to get attention where others have not yet. But you can bet that others will follow. And it, it doesn't suck that it, you know, it's on the cliffs of Malibu, too, right on the beach, probably. That, that, that's really nice. I would strongly recommend, uh, if, if Kevin or Joanna are listening, I would strongly recommend that you go to Joffrey's order the uh, lobster eggs Benedict and bring it back to the house. My favorite meal of all time, sitting over the water at Joffrey's, lobster eggs Benedict, little slice of heaven, if that helps at all for the Rams. Who says we're just a sports business podcast? No, you get your food look recommendations. Out, look out eater. A, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but it's a great idea. They're, getting, they're finding a way to cut through, right? You got to cut through the clutter because there, there's so many eyeballs available right? You have to figure out how do I get them on me? Goes back to the, uh, to the old line from John Skipper, who we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Uh, never forget it when he said to me, just get me the eyeballs. My job to figure out how to monetize it. So this yeah. is a way to get eyeballs. And it's a break from the, the conservative norm, which has been a specialty of the NFL uh, forever. Uh, and I think back to the last year's draft when we had that moment with uh, Bill Belichick's dog, I believe, sitting on his chair yep. when he was nowhere yep. to be seen. Cliff Kingsbury, the coach in Arizona, sitting in his house. Uh, in his glass, his little now, glass that is, house. That is now a meme. Um, I think there just should be more of this pushing the envelope of what people are used to from NFL teams. And I think, yeah, the, the market's going to bear out that this is a good idea. Uh, lastly, Scott, our final topic, the NHL, we reported a few weeks ago that the, the the big part of their US TV rights were going to ESPN. Turns out the B side of their TV rights going to Turner. 
not NBC, which has been their U.S. partner for uh, for the better part of a decade. What do you expect as as someone who I know watches a bit of a bit of NHL on on the NBC properties? What do you expect to be different here uh, under Turner? Uh, I, I expect it to be a little edgier because if you watch the NBA on Turner, you stick around for the post game show and inside the NBA, which is sort of a cult following uh, of its own. I'm wondering, can you replicate that? Is Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, Shaq, um, Ernie Johnson, is that chemistry, uh, are you able to replicate it? I don't know. But because they have Bleacher Report, um, because uh, part of this will be HBO Max, of course, but that's down the line, this is primarily going to be TNT and TBS at the start. So if you're telling me, and you know, Eben, my, my viewing habits, because I do skew older in the demo. If, if you're telling me that I can sit on my couch and go back to back, I'll just pick two teams because they, they seem to be playing every minute th- this year. Islanders Capitals followed by Law and Order. I'm gold. Like I'm never getting <laughs> up again. I may need a second little mini fridge by the couch or one that's in the couch. I may never have to get up again. So th- th- this kudos to Gary Bettman. And we don't just say this because, oh, hey, it's Gary did a great job. The fact remains... NBC over the last decade paid the NHL about $2 billion. This deal is going to pay about $4.3 billion over the life. And then you add on the ESPN. You know, it's, they're getting more money. They're, they're figuring out a way to make more money. Does it matter that I got to figure out, all right, I, I was just getting comfortable where NBCSN is on Wednesday night. You got to carve out a night. Wednesday makes sense to me on that network. But all right, uh, hockey fans will find it. The question is, can you grow the game? What is Turner going to do to grow the game? That's the big question mark. Like, I know the Premier League is thrilled with the treatment it gets from NBC. It's a premier property. It's really, fo- you know, they really focus on it. And they did it for a long time with the NHL, but it was time to move on. Curious to see what Turner, which does probably skew uh, younger with some of its other properties, can they find a way to get those eyeballs on hockey? Yeah, we talked a few weeks ago about the kind of the marketing advantage of being an ESPN partner, and that is placement, probably better placement on SportsCenter, better placement on ESPN.com, the entire ESPN ecosystem. The benefit, as you said, I think to being on Turner is the one, the Bleacher Report side of things, and also the way that you said inside the NBA, the kind of the edgy way that they cover some of these sports. There's room for that in hockey. The Spit and Chicklets podcast, which is done by Barstool, one of the most popular podcast writ large in, in, in the country right now uh, is just the, essentially the same model. It's two former players that have good chemistry, a host that keeps them in check, uh, and it's extremely popular. I think there is certainly room for some kind of show like that uh, through Turner for, for, for the NHL. And as you said, Bleacher Report kind of specializes, likes to call itself kind of the intersection between pop culture and sports. And the NHL has struggled uh, in a lot of ways to be a part of the pop culture conversation in a way that a league like the NBA has not. So maybe partnering with with one of the companies that has helped the NBA get to that point uh, is a benefit for the NFL and NHL. So certainly interested. um, And yes, the money wise, not a bad deal here for the, for the NHL doubles the money in in the U S essentially, as you said, um, and then there's also that 12 year Rogers deal in Canada that's worth you know over four billion U.S dollars. Um, so yes, a, a, a big rights increase for the NHL at, at a pretty critical time. He is Eben Novi Williams at Novi underscore Williams on the Twitter. I am Scott Soshnik at Soshnik 
on the Twitter and to keep Core Veltman happy. The show is at Sportacast and it is the hub of what will become the Sportico Podcast Network. <laughs>